Tutorial Podcast, the podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself, is your nerdy duty, George, and with me here today, Sonic Mania Ma- Madam, my mom. I can be a Mania, uh, mania Madam. I like that idea. Um, so last week, we talked about a kind of a... We talked about Sonic the Hedgehog, the rival to Mario... What feels like name only, but mostly for nostalgia purposes, I want to say. Um, and so this week we did some homework. We tried to get our hands on any sort of Sonic material we could, and then obviously we watched the movie as well. Watched watch the movie, played played several versions of the things that come with Sonic Mania. We'll get into that. I well, have that questions. was the first. So yeah, so the first thing we, I wanted to talk about was the games that you got to play. Okay, okay, so. The easiest thing about Sonic Mania is buying it. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, that part is really cool. On the Switch, you just go into the store and you download that little puppy and, and, and give it your PayPal and you're done. Yes. One and it, down, nice and it downloaded it. pretty quickly, too. It wasn't bad. No, yeah, no. It's a, it's a very, it's, it's very pocket-sized game. It's not a huge download at all. So, so... Um, I want uh, uh, kudos to Nintendo for making it easy to spend your money. Kudos to Nintendo. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so my first comment is, it takes forever to launch the goddamn game. So, you know, sorry. No, no, sorry. no, no, no. I was just. I was... Yeah. So uh, first of all, you know, it flashes the the Sega screen, and then I guess the the four logos that appear are the four designers. Um. So they're the, they're all the, the production teams that went into it. So the, there's a, a head cannon, which is the guys who made the game, and then I believe another one is one of the um, is Chris Whitehead, who was the main producer and director of the game, and then um, another one is a guy who was a music producer for the game um, because. We'll talk about more about it when we talk about fandom, but there's a lot okay. of people that make Sonic games. Okay, so so you get there, and then it it, it does this um, cartoon. I don't know how else to explain it. It does an and animation. It does an animation, and 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 the thing lasts for it seems like for like a couple minutes. It's like a two or three minute sort of little animation. You, generally, if you press one of the, some of the buttons, you can skip it. Okay, we'll 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 do that next time. Um, yeah, so it plays the animation, and and I, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from that. It's mostly just like a nostalgia sort of thing. I is, mean. Is that, okay, so if I, if I were somebody who was into this 30 years ago, I would be more appreciative. I, I, I like the animation because it was very cute. It was very it was reminiscent cute. of... Uh, the 2D Sonic. What it what it harkens back to is well, it is a 2D game. It is very it's very much a 2D game. What it harkens back to is Sonic CD had this little like minute and a half introduction of just Sonic running through the forest. It was extremely cute. It was very. Well, this changes color, changes scenes, and um, yeah, and, and I think it's meant to invoke that because Sonic Mania is really kind of a tribute um, to what was the old classic Sonic games of. The, the Genesis era, for the most part. Okay. So you go through through that. Um, I suck. <laughs> um, I, I, so I, I guess a lot of it is, for me, um, you know, thankfully I've been playing Animal Crossing, so I know how buttons work. I'm much more adept at moving things along. I, um, you'll have to explain to me at, at some point if there's anything else I can do besides run and jump. No, that's pretty much the core game. 
oh, okay. So, because that's all I can do is run and jump. And it took me a while um, because there are no instructions. But there's no instructions with any of this. There aren't any instructions with Animal Crossing either. Oh, so, and if there were instructions for Animal Crossing, there's a Wikipedia article. There's I No, I forever find myself checking stuff on, on the various things for Animal Crossing mm-hmm. online. Um, about That's how I found out, out about spring bamboo. I have a recipe that calls for spring bamboo, but spring bamboo is only in the spring. And it disappears the minute that you go into summer i think so, i might have some spring bamboo i need some spring bamboo i think i have like two or three i don't know how many i'll check right. so so anyway um so it, it not having played before ever mm-hmm. um it took me a while to figure out what i was doing how to land on on the bouncers what do you call those springs the springs yeah okay. so how to land on springs how to use um tails mm-hmm. that there's a there's a trick to using him yes it's as, as my understanding is that when you jump up, you kind of jump up to tails, and you press up and jump again, and then he'll kind of like lift you he'll, up. He'll catch you, yeah. So, so, so it took me a while to figure that one out. Um, it, you know, like getting control of it and figuring out when I needed to pick up speed um, to get through certain things, and um, uh, all of that took me a while. That said. The graphics are awesome. So so beautiful of Oh right? yeah. The graphics are awesome and it has a lot of really interesting and it isn't just a run and jump. So um, because there is actually a lot of strategy involved. Mm-hmm. It took me three times to get through zone one. Um, and I don't mean that, that you know I like I died three times. I mean I died nine times. So um, okay. you die three times you start over and yeah. That's <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So so it. it it was not a intuitive thing for me, um, but there are like S tunnels you go go through that shoot you out, and mm-hmm. you have to do them a certain way in order to get to just get out of them with enough speed afterwards. Well, you, to get to get through the next pass, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are some places where you just cannot jump. You have to do a series of other things to get because it's too high a ledge. Um, uh, it took me a while to figure out how to land on crabs and um, and all the other things. And, and it took me a while to figure out that there were boxes that you wanted. To, they look like computers. What are those? They're monitors. They're, they're power-up boxes. It, okay. The, the, throughout the games, they've never quite explained what they are. They're just known as power-up boxes. Because later games have, like, their power-up, like, balloons almost that are kind of, like, sedimentary on the ground. And they're never consistent at all. Okay. But most of the early Sonic games were always like computer, like old, very old art, CTR monitors. Yeah, that's what they look like. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what I took away from it. Um, it took me a while to figure out that there was a, if you land on those, you get good, good. You get good stuff out of you them. You get good stuff. So um, it took me a while to figure figure that out. Um, the the games in between the zones. Mm-hmm. Not a clue what I'm supposed to be doing there. Me neither the first couple times. So those are also somewhat based off of the old um, special stages and kind of other stuff that they had in Sonic. So in Sonic 1, they had um, this maze you would kind of go through, but the entire world was constantly spinning, so you had to kind of maneuver yourself around while it was spinning. Sonic 2 had this pipe sort of thing that you kind of ran through and up the walls and were collecting rings along the way. Um, 
and they've tried to recreate um and then sonic cd had this um kind of 3d world that you ran across you had to chase something and collect enough rings they, they've had a variety of them over the years with no, nobody ever being consistent about it but only just because i think that you want to be new and different every single time um and keep in mind that when you were programming for um the sega genesis or even the older systems you get better at it over time and so there's a lot of games that come out in the early span of the genesis that go, that as it got better and better by the time the Genesis was about to be become redundant, that people were doing a lot better at programming, condensing coding language, and better at programming. A lot of that is also, if we go back to Mario as an example, Mario changed quite a bit from the very blocky and very pixelated version of Super Mario Brothers versus when we get to like Super Mario Brothers 3, they do a lot better job of condensing the foot, condensing the programming language and simplifying it. Um, improving graphics, so they get better at it over time. Well, and, and okay, so comparing to Animal Crossing, which is the only other game I've ever played on the Switch, mm -hmm. the graphics are very old school. Yes, intentionally and, and, and sweetly so. Yeah, they're very sweetly. It's very, very much like when I played played Mario. Yes, same sort of thing. So very sweetly, sort of old school. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and I appreciated that actually. I mean, if you're going if you're going to pay tribute to something, pay pay tribute to it so oh, yeah yeah so um so i appreciated that um you know the i the the thing between zone one and zone two not 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 a clue i'm supposed to do something at mock speed i i know i got to the end of the cliff and went and 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 time played out because i had no idea what to do yeah i mean our early very early genesis nintendo games never told you what to do at all they were, they were actually very, a lot of times they kind of expected you to either um, pick How up, did you do that before the internet? Huh? How did you do that before the internet? Well, just the, all trial and error? Well, again, the Because I'm just doing trial and error. Well, again, keep in mind that back in the day you would buy the box and it had the game, it had the game manual in it. And assuming, oh. and assuming you didn't lose that. <laughs> A manual. Now, again, this is assumes that, again, that keep in mind that a lot of children playing it would have been not quite capable of doing, you know, it would have been like a seventh, eighth grade, you know, might be of a third, fourth, fifth grade sort of level of reading. Um, so a lot of the time what you did is that you listened in on the playground to other people who were playing it and you gleamed information off of them. So like the notion that like, oh, if you do this, this, and this, this is how you get to the secret menu. Which is the classic up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start. It's the old classic Konami code um, that lets you kind of debug, go into the debug menu and let you play the game um, with some extra added elements to it. So Easter eggs. Um, well, not necessarily Easter eggs. Easter eggs are the notion that like they're left there on purpose for the for people to find. Uh, these are more like cheat codes. Okay. So, so I guess my my next comment is. Um, Zone two didn't seem much more difficult than zone one. Mm -hmm. Zone three doesn't. Say, I haven't passed zone three. Yet. Okay, but but even saying that, zone three doesn't seem that much more. They're just there are different items. Mm -hmm. There's a loop in zone two that I got stuck in, um, where you're supposed to catch this zip line, and if you miss the zip line the first time, it goes down without you, and and you can't get it back. 
and I had the hardest time managing to bounce that puppy on the next ledge um, without getting shot back up to where I didn't want to be and, and having to do the whole thing over again. It was a lovely loop. <laughs> um, but, Experienced in this loop, it sounds like. Oh, gosh. I must have done that loop five or six times. Um, so I, I guess it has it has slightly different things in each so there's like a new element you have to learn. Yeah, so it's kind of meant to change it up frequently throughout the different levels. They have different some different somewhat elements. Um, if we go back to I like, like the supply, it was cute. If we go back to um, Sonic, there's more than one. Oh yeah. Um, if we go back to Sonic Two, the first level was a very traditional runner level, and then the second level had um, these tubes that you, these pneumatic tubes that you kind of basically transverse the entire level through. Um, and you never quite knew where you were going when you were in the tube, so you could be going anywhere in the level. Um, and then the third level was all about um, um, a casino, as being literally in a casino, and you could literally get into slot machines and get more rings or lose rings in a lot of cases. Okay, so they change so, it so up. So explain to me. So when I land on the spikes mm -hmm. and I lose my rings, I'm like, like, how do I quickly gather them back? Because you, you can, like, like I, I am, like, just, like. Well, you're never going to get all of them back. You typically, even if you have, like, 100 or 200 rings, 50 will only, 50 will only ever split out of you, usually. And you can maybe get back 10 to 20 of them. Okay. You can't, you. Because they, they spin away pretty quickly. I don't like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, 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 and um, you you can't see me do this, but I'm toggling back and forth. She's waving yeah. her arm kind of back and forth like yeah. she's jumping around. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of the way it w it was, or it is in Sonic, is that um, you can get back some of the rings, but you'll never get back all of them. You'll get a pittance of them back. Oh, like, crap, I lost them again. But again, but they're nice to have. I mean, like, you know, they're, they're this added sort of uh, health mechanic where you have them and you can hold on to them. When you and, and and when you become energized, um, and you get this the, like the super energy, because you've landed on something. Um, so there's a, so there's an so there's two different um, there's an invincibility uh, one that has like little sparkles that go around you. Yeah. And then there's one that just makes you run much faster, and the music kind of and that speeds one's up and blue. Yeah, more bluish, and it kind of speeds up. And um, there's another one that's just a shield. Um, that just kind of hovers around you and does stuff sometimes. Um, That's okay. So uh, that was, but no, it was fun. It would take me a while longer to master it. <laughs> oh, again, when we were kids, we never mastered the games. We were always lucky if we got to the next level most of the time. Well, you know, I'm I'm in zone three, so um, so but I explored some of the rest of it, and there are some nice little add-ons, um, mm -hmm. some nice little animation at, uh, that you can opt to play. Yeah, again, I mean, um, so what's interesting about this was that Sonic Mania is very much made as a tribute to the older Sonic games, and um, the good gentleman who who helped produce it was a gentleman named Chris Whitehead, um, went online known as Taxman, and he's been a part of a community that's been making Sonic video games for literally years. Um, and it came to the point that when they wanted to port... Um, the original Sonic CD and, and eventually Sonic 1 and 2, they wanted to port that to um, the new, newer consoles and, and 
newer consoles, and they actually ported it to the cell phone as well. Um, and what they did is they actually reached out to him as he was uh, making a lot of these games in his free time and basically asked him to remake the entire games for a newer generation. Yeah. And that's basically what he did. He basically remade uh, Sonic CD, Sonic 1 and 2 um, with some of the original programming, but basically remade it for a modern audience. Um, instead of beforehand, what you'd have to do is you'd have to emulate it by taking a emulation hardware and sticking it with that. But um, depending on what it is that you're using, again, we look at the original um, CD-ROM with 700 megabytes. That's a lot of data, and it's yeah. not all of it being used even. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously a much more condensed version of those games that he was able to help create. Um, and Chris went out of his way to actually get a lot of other people in the community to do it. I mean, the animator who did the animations for that... Um, I believe I have his name here. Just a second. Um, oh, he's in. It's in my notes here. I know it is. Um, yeah. So the gentleman who helped did the animation was a guy named Tyson Hess. He is one of the official anim. He's one of the official comic book artists for the Sonic comic. Ah. Um, and he's also um when we talk about the Sonic movie here. Sonic, the original Sonic movie had a very different looking Sonic that was initially... Oh, your brother went into that when we were watching it. Yeah. And so actually, um, Mr. Hess and he, Mr. Hess here is actually one of the creative directors that helped show what Sonic actually should look like. And he's one of the guy who helped promote the new version of the of Sonic. So he's, he basically went with uh, Paramount to redesign Sonic for them. Well, when we talk about the movie, I have some comments there, too. So so I guess the last thing I, I wanted to ask you about the game was there's there's options on settings. There's some options. Mm -hmm. What what all would you suggest you set? Because I'm, I'm just at default right now. Um, I don't know if there's really a difficulty change for the settings at all. Sometimes you can make it easier, and sometimes some, some, some Sonic games you can make them easier. Um, a lot of the settings also kind of let you play around with the button configuration. Some people like to have use different buttons for different stuff in some cases. Um, and another of some I'm of the, just using the two round knobs. Oh yeah, I, you're using the right you were using the right buttons. I mean, okay. like there's there's a knob and then because I couldn't figure out that anything else, any of the directional buttons did anything. No, the no. X Y A B. It will a, a B it will X. I mean, so like the A B X Y buttons should basically all do the same thing. They should just jump. So, okay. Sonic's not Sonic's not a really difficult control scheme. I mean, like, it, there's the directional pad, which, or in this case, the analog stick, which lets you kind of move around left to right, up and down. And then there's the eight, then the uh, face buttons, the A, B, X, Y, are just going to make you bounce and jump. But um, I can bounce and jump with the with the the directional. I was. Oh, okay. Um. So it it might have been also meant that it could have been used for just a single controller. Okay. Because remember the switch has the two controllers that come out right. the side, and yeah, it was intended to not be all that difficult. And then yeah. there's the yeah, no, no, I, I I literally downloaded it and was playing. Um, and that's what I like about the switch that you can just download it pretty quickly and you can do that. And, and that's and you can just go for it. And and so I was I just downloaded and played. There's no I I knew nothing. I knew not, nothing except I'm supposed to collect the rings, and I remember that from when you were playing on the Game Gear. Um, 
and I knew I was supposed to collect rings. So I'm like, okay, there's a ring, and here's tails. Tails following me. I'm I'm good. And I I just kind of figured every, out everything as I went. Yeah, that that's how we all did it back in the day too. Okay. All right. Um, imagine keep in mind that there's some games that are a lot harder than this. Um, Final Fantasy being a, being a good example of that. That are a lot more complex and difficult. And again, there's not really any instructional guides that come with that at all either. Well, I mean, realize I'm the same person who I had an extremely busy day yesterday, so I didn't get to Animal Crossing until like eight or nine at night. And I went, "Oh my god, I've got to pick my, I've got to pick my fruits so that I have, so that my fruit, your fruit, your fruit and, and I have to get to my money tree, and I have to, I have to do all these. I have to find my my money tree for next. So I had all these things I felt like I had to do. You know you can unbury your money trees and rebury them where you want them, right? Yeah, I do know that. But you have to find the the glowing spot. Oh yes, yes. Okay. That that is so, that can be the so difficult part. So then I I go to launch it and and it's um, shooting star night. Oh, nice. And so I'm like, well, damn! I know I need to catch shooting stars, which apparently there's a limit to how many you can catch because I caught a whole lot more than I actually caught. Twenty. 20 is the max, I understand. Okay, well, I, I got a whole lot more. You, you wished a whole lot more, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is not, not difficult. Yeah. So, um, and and, uh, and and by the way, the DIY is a astronaut suit, but it's not one you can wear. It's just one you can stand in your house. But you can collect an astronaut suit to would you, wear. Would you like one? Would you like an astronaut to stand in your house? Not really. It kind of sounds creepy. Yeah. I mean, if it was like a suit of armor, like you know, yeah, no, silver, it, that, but, that but, might be more interesting. But yeah, yeah. So, so there we. Are. So yeah. So I was doing that, and then I was pissed that the store was closed. So I dropped all sorts of stuff outside the store. Oh, poor. So, store. I, so I missed whatever I could have bought, and I and I didn't get into the clothing store. So, so, so. If it I, makes you feel any better, my turnip spoiled yesterday. Oh, I sold turnips. I, that's why I went on because I knew I had to sell my turnips, and I did get that done. Anyway, my, my point here being <laughs> that in comparison, Sonic the Hedgehog, you just play. And yeah. I, I don't have to worry about what time the store is open or closed or if my turnips are going to spoil. Just go right away. Just get in and yeah. go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it requires a whole lot less knowledge, um, although I do now have a cute mouse named Greta. Um, oh, nice. So, so uh, in terms of something you could just simply pick up and play and figure out. Mm-hmm. This any if I can pick up and play. Yeah, um, this is a lot and, easier. And, and get myself through, you know, two zones, and, and, and you know, I'm pretty far along in the in the third one. I'm just not, just not there. I mean, you'll you'll get there. That eventually. spinny thing with the two heads. The way it, it lights orange, and and you're supposed to land on it when it's not orange, and and that's how you kill it. But it took me a while to figure that one out. Yeah, the bosses are actually pretty creative this time around. I mean, like they're, yeah, they're that, a lot more inventive. It, I mean, it, it it reminds me of a carnival ride. Well, that's kind of a lot of what Sonic is. It's a, it's yeah, a, it's well, a roller coaster two, that you just two, get to choose the, the two route. heads. Remind me of the carnival ride that you you know tried to get you spinning and dizzy, um, which I loved. Um, <laughs> So it, it it looks like that, but it took me a while to figure out how you're supposed to get past it. Yeah. And um and and that, that you can sort of land on it when it's one color but not the other. Um. So so some things I I I wish I knew more, mm-hmm. but I could have if I really wanted to know more, I could read about it online. I think um, it kind of spoils the fun of figuring it out yourself. Yeah. Too. Yeah, and that's and that's true too. 
But my point is, I could just pick this up and play, and it didn't have rules. And Animal House has rules that sometimes piss me off. Yeah, Animal Crossing is is <laughs> because very... because there are certain things you you have to do. Turnips were selling for one thirty four yesterday. So, um, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Although so, what I have learned is, if you let turnips spoil, is that new bugs will will come from that. Oh well, so I should I should like buy an odd number like five and well no you'd only ever buy them in, in batches of uh ten. of 10 at a time ten, okay so so i should buy myself an extra 10 and let them spoil lots of new bugs by the way today yep july has new bugs july has new bugs we have um a lot of um i have uh, cicadas three three or four new bugs yeah i got a, like three different cicadas cool i've only cool. gotten one so far i got a dung beetle though um and so <laughs> so so yeah and 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 there are now um Hibiscus in um, uh, in the shop. In D- no, Daisy May has hibiscus. Oh, I'll have I, I didn't in, have uh, hibiscus. I'll, so. have look, I'll have to look in the shop then. Yeah. So. Okay. So go eat. Go eat breakfast with Pop. Yep. So next, I wanted to talk about the Sonic movie. And as much as I, so my initial problem with the Sonic movie was I was trying to figure out who it's for. Is it for nostalgia nerds like me, or is it meant for children this day and age? And if it was meant for children this day and age, it's kind of meant to be promoting something, and this movie came out without any sort of thing, any sort of video game or any sort of attachment coming out for it No, well. no McDonald's uh, Happy Meal toy. No video games or anything else kind of coming out along with it. No anything at all. Um, I will say it was a much so so. I, and I I saw the Pikachu movie. Yes, and I've seen okay. the Pikachu movie as well. Okay, so um, the Pikachu movie had a lot of um, promo for it, and this really was a pretty quiet promo as well. I think so too. I mean, I don't remember seeing a lot of commercials and not this a lot of saw, stuff but, online. Yeah. Um, about it outside the initial freak out over Sonic. So Sonic, when he was first came out, was this very humanoid, weird-looking so, creature. So a trailer came out with, with it. Yes, it was literally one trailer that came out. It was very weird. Um, famously, it had Gangster Paradise as the, the backing music <laughs> for it. Which it had again, some interesting music in it. And, and again, I mean, like Gangster Paradise makes no sense when you think about the lyrics for it beyond just the beats kind of catchy at the end yeah. of the day. But it doesn't tie well with the Sonic movie. Um, and clearly, again, they redesigned Sonic to be a lot more cartoonish and more in line with what um, the video games and other media have presented him as. Um, and I'm going to say that this was not a bad movie. This is, is, is perfectly serviceable. Um, you know, if you had to ask me, will I watch it again? Maybe, but probably not. I rented it, and I'm glad I didn't buy it. Yeah, that would be my thing. I would rent this, but not buy yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, my, my granddaughters would enjoy it. I think, um, I guess, I would talk about the, I'll talk about the, the really, the parts I thought were really cool. Okay. Um, without blowing it for anybody. Okay. As always, do stay after the credits. Mm-hmm. There's a lovely little Easter egg after the credits. Yes. It, it, it leads into possible sequels in the future, which I think based off of even, this... Even standalone, it was cute. I, I like... 
I like the direction, especially after it, um, even before we just get to the credits, where I like Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. He's, yeah, he's so a little you think menacing the movie's, and weird. You think the movie's over, and then it's not, and he has a certain pathos about him. So, okay, so so let's take it from the the top. Who voices Sonic? I don't know, actually. I didn't actually look into that. Okay, we'll have to look online. I, 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 I thought that I thought whoever voiced Sonic did it well. So oddly enough, do you know who the first person that voiced Sonic was? Who? It was Jameel White, better known as Urkel from Family Matters. <laughs> it wasn't Urkel. No, no. But I like the voice for whoever Sonic was. Is it has the right amount. You could kind of tell that this is like um like a 11, 12 year old kid almost, maybe just in his early teens. Very, um, very much an adolescent. Very, very hyper as well. It's one of the nice things I liked about him, about well, this character. Well, you have to be hyper. I mean, it's consistent with... With the characterization, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I like that he eventually finds chili dogs. Um, well, okay, so let's let's back up. I like the, the story in the beginning. He has his own Obi-Wan. Yeah. His own Yoda. Yeah, in Longclaw. In Longclaw. And, and it, I wanted to ask you, is that canon? So I'm not familiar with Longclaw at all. What, that's not an original element of the original Sonic games or any of the uh, uh, adventure games that kind of came out in the early 2000s. If this is an added character that kind of came in at some point later, maybe, but I'm not familiar with it. It was one of those elements where it was just like, they could have probably cribbed off the Sonic cartoon, which his uncle was a very prominent part of his life. And you could have just had it as his uncle at one point. Um, they created a very utopian world that that um, that I thought explained sort of because because when I when I think of Sonic, I I actually do. I, I, like, I do think he's a bit of an environmentalist. Yes, and that the, that was initially intentional from the first game. Okay. And I like his kind of an uh, the world that he comes from. It has pays a lot of homage to the original video games as well because you kind of almost see like the checkerboard sort of way the land looks and a lot of the loops and valleys and it plays a lot of um homage to that and even when they get to it the- is so so i mean I, I i would say that that original world is the only thing that's like the video game yes everything else is is basically a fish out of a fish out of water sort of yeah element. yeah so, but i thought it was a nice entry because it, it explained where sonic came from mm-hmm. why how what powers he had um and that that he was special and that he was the only one um uh it gave him a, a sort of an, an initial guiding voice that you had sort of an idea of where he got because without knowing where he got his values later on the movie doesn't the movie would be yeah less. it does it does it, yeah if they didn't quite preface it in the beginning it would seem kind of odd later on um well, but i do like what they, if you're gonna have a value-based story you have to you have to set up where they got their values and this is absolutely. a value this is a value-based story oh yeah absolutely um i like what they did with the rings so in this case in this case the rings are kind of like portals to other worlds that when you fling them you think about other worlds and they take you Re- there reminded me of doctor who a bit yeah i can certainly see that um, there's scenes in which Sonic loses his Only rings. Only because we they... just recently did Doctor Who, and it sort of reminded me of that. 
Um, there's element. There's a scene in which Sonic loses his rings. They kind of all spread out around him, and it plays the sound effect for it. Um, so I thought there was. They paid little homage to different stuff here. Like I wish they did it a little bit more in some cases, but um, again, if this is just the beginning and there's other sequels to be had. I'm sure they'll play more. Did it do well enough to to have other sequels? It actually did a bigger box office draw than Detective Pikachu. I am surprised because it, it, so, as movies, I would tell you I liked De- Detective Pikachu. Oh, I liked better. Detective Pikachu a lot. I thought more. I thought I mean it had very little to do with Pokemon. I mean there really was. It, it, it was not that it, was, it didn't have anything to do with. It's not that it didn't have little to do with Pokemon, but. It, it, again, it focused more on the human aspect with a lot more Pokemon on top of it. Um, and the Pokemon serve a purpose in the story very they do. much. Psyduck and, and, and the whole... And I liked how they were personified. Yeah, or, I, that or was my thing too. Or how they were brought up. And, and I thought looking at Sonic, mm-hmm. he, re- he reminded me of, of two different things. The first thing I did when, he, when I saw Sonic, I went, oh... It's a lot like Pikachu looked in that movie. Yes. Soft, fuzzy. It reminded me of the um, character on one of the cell, cell phone commercials with all the long hair. Oh, um, I know which one you're talking about. It's not Boost Mobile, but it's like Cricket Wireless or something yeah, like might that. Yeah, might be. Yeah, the little green guy. Yeah. So it's just, just sort of that... that fuzzy look. That, sort fuzzy, of. That, that fuzzy... So it's animated, but it's not animated... Well, I mean, so, so, it's, so, so it's entirely re- it's set entirely in what we would consider a real realistic modern with, world. It starts with out CG in graphics kind of CG yeah. graphics. So so drop. it's it's live action mm-hmm. with this character CGI did. Yes, and um, and it starts in Montana and it, it goes through San Francisco and then it ends in Montana. Yeah, and actually, what's interesting is that the I don't want to tell the storyline, but no, I don't, I don't either, because I think it's, it's it's still so new, still at this point. Because keep in mind, it only did come out in February. Yeah, um, and it's still so very new that other people, you know, won't be. Um, it would be rude to kind of spoil it for some of the people. So there's a there's a point. Um, so I I will tell you, it is rather formulaic. Very. Okay. And, and and somewhat predictable, but in and again, there's some movies that's okay. It is, and, and in this movie, it really is okay because there, there's a limited number of things that it could be mm-hmm. to begin with. Yes. Okay. Um, in answer to your question, who's the who's the audience? I think it the audience is thirty to forty year olds with kids. I would agree. You with could that. be. You could have been. Into Sonic, when you were 10, 11, 12, Sonic is 12, 13, 14 maybe mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, and you have kids that are the right age for you to take them to this thing that is nostalgic for you. Yeah, I would agree with that. So so that's really kind of, so it was a safe thing to take your kids to that you could share with your kids your favorite favorite game from, from when you were a kid. And, in my, and again, I mean, I, I like this movie because it also gives you the ability to be like, that you can say like, oh, look, that's from the video game. There's a video game and you can get your kids into that if you, yeah. re- if you really want so, to. So, yeah. So I think, you know, to me, it was, the, to me, it seemed like that was the audience because it, it played it very safe. There's like no foul language. No, no. Again, this is very much a movie meant 
There are no it, sexual I mean, situations. Everybody's married. This is very, very on the line between PG e, and e, G. There is a bar scene, but even the bar scenes... Very tame. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The bar scene's more sort of home alone chaos. Especially for the one scene that, that ends up happening through that. I mean, like, that... Very much kind of plays into the fact that um, Sonic is moving very fast. And I like. I will. I will. I will. I. I will blow one part of the storyline, and, and that's that. Um, uh, there's a, a uh, emphasis on what would you do if this was your last day on Earth. Yeah. Which which I thought was an interesting question. Especially for a kid, I kind of think. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff was. I mean. He actually makes a list, and then a lot of when you go through the list is actually very kind of sweet and innocent at the end of the day, which is very much in line with I think the the tone. The of age, the movie. yeah, the and the age of the child. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked about uh, so that was kind of our homework, but what we really kind of need to talk about are the fans. And so, so your brother, so your brother told me the same thing that you did, and that's that the fans were so influential that they pulled the movie and released it. They, it was meant for a late summer release last year. It was meant actually for um, it would, would have been a late late thing in either in either August or September originally. Okay. So very much a late a late um, summer affair and early early fall, um, and again. There was such an emotional backlash to the look of it, um, and not just from regular fans, just from not just like diehard Sonic fans, from just from everybody in general. So was he edgy? No, he was very ugly. Um, again, part of the part of the part of the problem was again the tone of having like Gangsters Paradise as a backing track. Right. Um, Sonic had human teeth, had very human proportions. Um, his hands weren't gloves; they were like white hands well, one of the things the movie does well is explain how he gets his, his shoes yeah and his gloves oh yeah no that's one of the things i like about it a lot too because yeah. the shoes are very it, pivotal it, yeah so i mean it reminds me a little bit of the movie the santa claus which i thought was always a great explanation of how santa oh, claus could santa be claus. in yeah a great explanation of how santa santa could be in the modern world and what happens if you don't have a chimney and I always thought that was a great movie, for, especially for a kid who lived in an apartment and didn't have a chimney for Santa to come down, because it explains that. Oh, absolutely! Or again, just kind of this, just kind of this magical appearance of like what 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 does Santa do the rest of the year, and how, you know how is Santa ageless sort of elements. Like yeah. I thought it was a perfect movie for that. Yeah. So this movie does a little bit of that for Sonic as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I actually want to talk about the fandom as a whole. Okay. Um, Nerds are known to be um, a little ravenous about their about their things that they enjoy. Um, you know, and, and I don't mean in the sense that like you'll cosplay as it or you'll um, find ways to incorporate it into your life more so than some other people. Um, Sonic fans are actually um, not a unique breed, but a certainly particular breed, I guess, of fans. Um, there's a great video by um, I uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf. He does these great video documentary. He does like these great video essays on certain various topics. Um, he did one on Sonic, which I am going to be cribbing a, a bit here for this. Okay. Um, because as much as I'm aware of a, the Sonic fandom, I'm not like in it on any particular level. Like I'm a fan of Sonic, but I'm not a diehard fan. Because um, you got to have to remember that like Sonic came out in the 
early 90s, 1991. And at a certain point, they removed, at a certain point they, in the 80s, they removed the law that said you couldn't advertise to children. And what happened was is that when you, when you could now advertise to children, there was a flood of children's products that came out. And TV shows that revolved around all about selling children the things there, that they was saw a on TV cartoon, shows. Yeah, there. And so a lot of cartoons were just walking advertisements, yeah. which was not the original, you know, which was um, not the original intent of cartoons originally. I mean, like when you look at, when we look at like, say, the Jensen's and the Flintstones, those didn't have any toys associated with them. You I'm trying know. to think. None that I could recall. I remember having a little Flintstone car, but I I, it, it, I forget how I had it. Yeah, or yeah. yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't a, a big thing. We also got to kind of remember that the '90s was also kind of peak Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Well, and and it was the age of of um, you know through the '80s and '90s, the age of um, afternoon cartoons, which you don't really see anymore, do you? Not even Saturday morning cartoons really exist anymore. Yeah. So there used to be, and you know, sort of, sort of, you you came home alone. You were 10, 11 years old, and it was safe for you to come home alone. Mm-hmm. And you came home alone until mom got home, dad got home, and you watched cartoons from from like 3 to 5. Yep. Yep. You'd watch cartoons in the afternoon from like 2 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You could even watch cartoons before you went to school. Yeah. Um, and then the big thing was is that you got up early on Saturday morning because cartoons started at 7 7 a.m. and went until like 11 or you noon. You guys would come case. and hop on the hop on the king size bed and mm-hmm. yeah. Um but what's interesting about um the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out and Sonic kind of coming out around the same time is that what they proved is that you could have mascot characters with edgy attitudes. And it's more specifically you could have anthropomorphic characters. And these are characters that are animals but are human, human yeah you know like they're you know donald duck is a you know is a duck and looks like a duck but he moves around like a human you know with like bipedal legs um you might see but he's a very cartoony human yeah he's a very cartoony human um you have the ninja turtles which should be turtles but they have arms and legs like anybody and, else. and to me they're more human i would think they're more human yeah um but you have a lot of tv shows that came out in the wake of the 90s that were very much trying to um, capitalize off of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles popularity and trying to kind of garner that old market. Yeah. Um, the ones that kind of speak to me most were always kind of like um, you had street sharks, which were basically just sharks that moved I, through I the I remember streets. street sharks, huh? the um, hammerhead. Uh, biker mice from Mars and a couple other TV shows that were all about you know, there were only really maybe like a, maybe just like twenty six episodes long, or if that. They were all about trying to sell you these toys and start the next big Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles franchise. A lot of money in those um, turtles, and a lot of that. You act- guys were turtles one year for Halloween. Yes, and we had lots of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. Yeah. Um, and the same got tr- and the same was actually very true of video games as well, because once Sonic proved that the mold, you know, made the mold. A lot of other game creators did the same thing and created literally hundreds of mascot-based characters, all in an attempt to kind of ape the profit the profitability that was what Sonic was. I mean, um, so did Mario ever have a, a cartoon? Yes and no. So Mario did have a cartoon um, in the '80s and and the early '90s. 
Um, it was a part of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show with Lou Lou Banna, who was a professional WWE wrestler I, as yeah, Mario. Yeah, um, and then another actor, I forget who was who was playing Luigi. So there would be like these, there would be like these short like seven eight minute long cartoons, and then they'd have the humans kind of interacting in between. Oh, interesting. Um, and then later they just had the cartoons itself. And then the big deal used to be that um, you'd have you. Then you also had Captain N, the Game Master, um, who played who played the first set of episodes with with Mario. And at the end of the week on Friday, you'd get a you'd get a Zelda cartoon, which was the big deal because Zelda was back in the uh, was very much a a big deal. It's kind of considered the more adult kind of you know, game at a certain point. Yeah. It's a little bit more mature. Um, but they cribbed the honeymooners, Bruce Willis and um, uh, Shibbles, Civil 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 Shepherd. Yeah, which is a hard thing to say five times fast. Yeah, um, yeah no, they basically cribbed the characters from that. And so the game, so the 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 animation took place in what happened after the adventure end, but there still is like lingering sort of bad guys still occasionally around. But the main characters act very much like the honeymooners. We just, it's just that for me as a six, seven, eight year old kid, didn't know what the honeymooners was, and to this day, I'm still always very surprised that Bruce Willis was a a comedy actor at first and then became a action here because i always think well of the, he, there was a show called moonlighting which, which was civil shepherd and, and bruce Willis. Oh, okay so that's the so that's the, uh, the, the honeymooners were D, uh, jackie gleason and i and jay meadows okay so i'm just too, i'm just too young to know what the difference yeah so but same sort of squabbling and bickering yeah yeah so kind of what ended up happening with a lot of what sonic was is that when he transitioned to when the genesis kind of ended in 1994 1995 there wasn't a new Sonic game that came out for the Saturn. They, they just could not figure out the 3D element initially. And until we get to the 2000s, when we get Sonic Adventure, and those are doing okay, but um, again, I think I really do blame the PlayStation 2 for Sonic's kind of somewhat downfall, is that even though Sonic Adventure 2 came out in 2001, just six months later, they discontinued the Dreamcast because it can't keep up with the PlayStation 2 at all. Nobody's literally buying the Dreamcast anymore. Um, and all just because it didn't have DVD playback in it. Yeah. And it couldn't it, read DVDs at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, Mark seemed to think the Dreamcast was the, was the best thing out there. I thought it was a really great thing as well. Yeah. It had, again, it was a lot of fun. It was apparently very easy to program for. They People still make games for the Dreamcast to this day. So there's still people out there using it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unlicensed games at this yeah. point. But I mean, like, yeah. there's still people that make games for it. And they were still making games up until 2002, 2003, even after they yeah. discontinued it. Yeah. Um, but again, a lot of Sonic fans, um, there's a certain point that happened with Sonic fans where they didn't get quite where they wanted to be. And because Sonic was not as good as they remember him being, a lot of fans started to get a little bit more depressed about him. I mean, yeah. well, 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 not as enthusiastic. Well, not, not so much not enthusiastic. They were always very enthusiastic. I mean, comics, I mean, there's been a lot of Sonic media, fan-created media for this. Um, the popular version of this is known as a fa- as a OC character or a, or an original character. Okay. And these are people that basically took the Sonic mold and made their own characters out of him. Okay. So Sonic's got a Sonic's was kind of um, a little bit unique that he has a large cast of supporting characters. He's got a lot of supporting characters in his in his repertoire. 
and uh, people would make their own fan-made characters of uh, and put them into like their Sonic universe. And so you'd have like a green version of a hedgehog with backward spikes, or you'd have um, a version of Tails that was blue with three tails on him instead of just two, or something like that. There, it it got to the point where you could Google your name, and you know, so you in my case you'd be like George the Hedgehog, and you can find stuff. And yes, it worked. <laughs> um, however, when I tried your name, I couldn't find anybody. I kept coming up with Ireland. Yeah, well, yeah, there so, we are. Um, so you got off a little bit more scot free on that, but again, no, again, you could put in Todd the no, Hedgehog. No Irish free. Um, it can't again, be scot free. Again, keep Irish. in mind the the Irish Hedgehog green with a shamrock on him. Yeah, there we go. Um, but no, you could you could pull up Todd the Hedgehog, and you'd get an equally number of results from that as well. Um, and that was very much true. And again, Sonic Forces, which is a game that came out in 2017, literally meant to make your own Sonic character, um, your own original OC. So you could make like a fox that had that looked like Sonic. It was just as fast. It had like gadgets and stuff too. Um, and so Sonic was literally kind of playing into it at a certain point, or Sega was at least. Now, so does the game become somehow harder to maintain or harder to write for when you give it that kind of free form? Not, not particularly. I mean, because a lot of these games are very linear in the sense of you go from one to two to three to four. Maybe one direction goes five, another direction goes six, but then they all come back together at seven um the fan created care i mean keep in mind like if you when well, it's we not were... like these need a lot of maintenance I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to compare it to other kinds of software and in other kinds of software you need maintenance and if you build in too many um options you get um errors that are created by something you didn't anticipate it being used in that direction but but you know there you're talking about software that that uh, requires maintenance so Kind of in that particular way, I mean, this force, the Sonic Forces is meant to be its own standalone game. Um, if you remember in World of Warcraft how you got to design your Pandaria character. Oh, I love her. Um, it kind of uses that same principle where you don't have unlimited options. You have a certain fixed amount of options. Yeah. And it kind of records whatever options you chose last as your default options. Yeah. So there's not a huge amount of maintenance on that. Uh, Animal Crossing does something very similar, whereas... Literally eight different pieces of clothing you can wear from shoes, socks, pants, shirt, hat, glasses, nose, and even you can have like a rose in your mouth or something even. Yeah. So you have a lot of different... I have bubblegum. Oh, you had a what? I have bubblegum. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's literally a little... She walks around with a little bubble. I've had um, I've had a bit of snot that can drip down your nose. I have not had that. Or I have uh, food on my face as well. I don't have that either. I don't buy them. They just come up occasionally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, in that particular respect, you can make your own character. There's a couple different... There's It's it's a pretty good variety of options that you have. It's not an unlimited collection of options, though. Yeah. So, it's not... In, it's not until Infantitis, until your imagination goes. Because there's... I mean, in what's... In, there's quite a number of fan-created characters. Um, what's interesting about kind of the fan-created characters is that... A lot of them are unintentionally edgy. Because if you think about who's creating these characters, that there are a lot of teenagers who have, again, f fallen in love with Sonic. Yeah. Um, and are trying to project on what they believe is mature onto their characters, which is what happens with a lot of... Which happens with some media. Like, as an example, 
I think that Star Wars should have been a lot darker in the prequels than it really than than we ended up getting. But I'm also of the uh, I'm also of the opinion that I just got more mature and I thought prequels this prequels suck. Yes, they do. <laughs> I, again, I, I'm of the opinion that I had they been well acted, they might have been okay. Okay, Ewan McGregor is a great actor, and don't you dare dispute dispute Ewan McGregor. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about him. Okay. Yes. Guy playing Anakin. Okay. Now, mind you, he was in one good movie where his character was perfectly casted in it. He was a um, he was a writer for the New Yorker, and he's the kid that uh, plagiarized and basically butchered and made up whole stories for the New Yorker and got paid for it. And in that one, he's actually really good because his whiny persona is perfect for it. Just like Shia LaBeouf is great in one movie. It's called like. uh, I forget what it is, but there's a satellite AI sort of thing that's stalking him um, because he's got a twin brother. And because because Shia LaBeouf does great uh, worried and like frantic sort of, I didn't do it, I swear to God, why, why is everything happening sort of thing. He worked perfectly in that movie because that's actually what's happening to him. Well, I, I just say that. Back to the topic. Anyways, the, anyways. The so, yeah. suck. so um, you'll find a lot of Sonic characters that are, uh, OC characters are in, either all black and buckles and are a lot intentionally more edgy. Um, a lot of people write detailed sort of bios for them down to like their eye color, their favorite musical band, their favorite songs and stuff like that. Um, which is really kind of more, more meant, I think more meant to be representations of who these pe- who the, the people, people are, are yeah. making their own characters in this world. Cause yeah. again, the Sonic world is actually fairly inclusive and actually very inviting for, for media because again i mean it assumes that you have a somewhat utopia where these animal creatures can interact with humans there's enough of them that it's not odd for sonic to be moving around in that sort of world um unabated at all i mean he freely walks up to humans and humans don't do more than like oh hey cool look at that going on there anyways back to our topic that's yeah so i mean it's a kind of inclusive world that you think that could be um, very inviting to a person wanting to make a character for their own. Um, so yeah, so OC characters are were, are very popular, and I think kind of still are to a certain degree, not quite as much. Um, there's also a lot of fan-generated content for Sonic. Um, there's a lot of comics for Sonic as well. Um, some of them are uh, what we call sprite-based, and that means that they've taken the... So you know how Sonic was moving around in Sonic Mania in kind of a pixelated way? Yeah. So this is what we call sprites. Sonic is a sprite, and he has different poses um, that are kind of mapped out, kind of like a zoetrope, if you will. Yeah. So if you remember a zoetrope, you spin it around, and the character, and something happens throughout yeah. it. That's very much how they make the video games, through these sprites. And what, they, what people will do is they'll take frames of the sprite as they're going through and use it as pictures for their comics. Yeah. And then eventually people just, that. and then people just eventually got to the point where they were just starting drawing their own comics of Sonic. Um, some good, some bad. I mean, there's some weird stuff out there as well. You could make Sonic steampunk like like so easily. Oh yeah, very easily. Um, and again, like I said, I mean, Tyson has started with a very bizarre take on Sonic um, and his companions, um, and eventually became like the guy that's like, oh, this is the guy who knows how how Sonic should look and act. Well, a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, so Sonic um, is sort of uh, to me has always been sort of an adolescent. It, are mm-hmm. are there are there comics in which Sonic is an adult? Yes. Okay. They're weird. Okay. Um, 
there's a lot of animation for it as well. So if you go back in the day, um, YouTube wasn't really a thing until the mid tooth until the early two thousand to early two thousand. So not until like two thousand four, two thousand five, really. And even then, it was very infantile in its um, in its originality in its uh, infancy. Yeah. So what you used to have is it used to have flash animation, which is the big thing, and that's yeah. how a lot of early animators. Um, a lot of early games for Facebook were Flash. A lot of early games. A lot of actually early animators actually got their, bit their teeth on, got their um, start as Flash animations. And there's a lot of Sonic Flash animations out there. Um, a lot of it, again, ripping um, the sprites and using them for stuff. There's a famous one where Sonic um, goes into the Mushroom Kingdom with its other characters. And there's a whole giant story based off of that that goes on for quite a while. Um, so flashes were, flash animation was a big deal back in the day, um, for, for that. Um, I think one of the most famous fan created things that isn't a game was actually a thing called Sonic EXE. Um, so there's a genre of fan fiction called creepypasta, which is basically just like horror fan fiction. Um, and... The story of Sonic EXE is that this kid, this kid gave another kid a CD that has a Sonic game on it. When the kid started the Sonic game up, started the Sonic game up though, he couldn't play as Sonic. He could only play as different characters, and the different characters were Tails, Knuckles, and eventually Robotnik. And each one of them kind of go through a very simplified world that shows a lot more. That as they get further and further through, it seems weirder and weirder. Like there's Tails goes through a lot of play things where like are dismembered bodies on the ground and um, there's blood everywhere. And then eventually Sonic's at the very end and it looks like he's kind of the guy that's done it. And then eventually Sonic chases Tails and I guess kills Tails or does something to Tails. Ooh, that's dark. Yeah. And then later on the same thing happens with kind of Knuckles where Knuckles is kind of traveling around. And he gets kind of in a pool of blood. It happens again with robotnik and then the kid is never heard from again that, might... that, that can't be sanctioned i mean no 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 I mean, no, 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 no 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 so no, i mean no, no, i mean no. like if you're sega that that's no no yeah no, no that that's uh, yeah that, it's it's none of the almost on none of the fat of the fan stuff is ever sanctioned by sonic and by sega and it's almost never ever brought up at all um but sega doesn't pursue well, Sega's not pursuing it because nobody's making any money off of it at the end of the day. Keep in mind, okay. this is all fan-created stuff, and in most cases, as long as you're not generating a profit off of it, you're not um, you're not kind of in any real legal trouble in a lot of cases. Um, and I don't this, know that I'd like you bloodying my character. No, and I, and I wouldn't either, but again, like, there's not a lot of... Um, what harm is... You have to prove harm. Okay, well, a, I get a, you have to prove harm, and then if you're going to try to get seek damages off of it you got to kind of assume that somebody will be, that it'll be worth it for you at the end of the day as well yeah, yeah. you know up to a certain extent i mean like yeah. there's some cases in which you kind of have to go up go up yeah, to cease and go after a cease and desist and keep in mind that yeah. different creators have different views on their media like for an example like a lot of the japanese japanese people were again where sonic is originally right. created don't have a problem with people making um new stuff off of, off of what they what they've done because they see it as imitation is the sincerest form of of flattery they they think that oh you made new stuff off of what we created because you loved it so much oh my goodness thank you so much that's why a lot of um fan comics in japan dojinshi exist is because it's because japan doesn't have this issue with copyright uh, 
copyright. And then they know a lot of times that, again, like, these are people that have literally just made these comics. There's 200 of them running around in the world. They're not, you know, they're not going to be at the end of the, the end of their franchise on any particular level. And they're not ever going to tarnish that at all. It's just something the fans like to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I get it. So the other fun thing actually, which again goes back to Sonic Mania is going to be, there's a lot of Sonic games that get created. Um, again, over the years, much the same way that Super Mario Brothers has had, um, an equal share of its own fan-created games. Um, Sonic has had a number of its own fan-created games as well. Um, a lot of the Mario games, though, are very... Fan-created games are very difficult, um, which is actually its own genre of games in Mario Maker, that they're so hard that you have to have such pin... pixel... pixel-like quality skills to be able to get get through whole levels. Wow. Um, they require you to like literally be running the entire time and have frame perfect jumps and do stuff in such a certain way that lets you kind of progress through the level without dying right away. Um, well, I have to say, playing Sonic Mania, I was the first my first I think two rounds, I was dead within seconds. So, and again, Sonic in the same way, but Sonic because um, I just didn't know what I was doing. I don't I, I I don't profess to know a lot of Sonic games outside of the one that I found was actually very interesting and unique. Um, but there's a lot of people that have made 2D Sonic games and also adventure-style 3D Sonic games. And they've taken a lot of the original code and they've either added onto it, added their own pixel art, or done a lot of the other stuff. Again, that's where a lot of the uh, talent came for Sonic Mania was from the people that made the fan-generated fan content, all the um, the pixelated sort of versions of Sonic and the worlds and stuff. Um, there's been people doing that for years. There's actually... Oddly enough, there's actually an online expo for it called uh, the Sonic Anime, the Sonic Amateur Gaming Expo, or otherwise known as Sage. Oh, that's cute. They've had they've done since 2000. Originally, they did it biannually. Because Sage uh, has the same letters as Sega. Yeah. Um, so originally, they did it biannually up until 2005, and then just started doing yearly. And it's uh, an online sort of thing where they showcase amateur Sonic games, both that are kind of in production, and also stuff that are prototypes and also fully completed games and these are all amateur products at the end of the day from people who are both doing coding art music um things like that uh, one of my favorite uh amateur sonic games is actually a game called sonic utopia where um a very basic version of sonic just runs around this giant 3d world there's no real pits there's no way to die in the game at all outside of i think drowning in water um it's very fun and silly it's it's it, Sounds utopian. Yeah, it, it'd be it'd be a great game if there was just a purpose to it, and there's not a purpose to it in the game. I'm but fine with perfect, that too. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. It's it's a nice romp for like 20, 30 minutes, um, yeah. and it's very easy to play with a mouse and keyboard or with a joystick. Um, and again, like we said before, Christian Whitehead was one of these original fan creators of these games, and then Sonic, and then Sega eventually um, reached out to him to try to redo later games, and now he's. Um, making his own games now that are not even related to Sonic anymore. Okay. Which is kind of fun and interesting. Um, but then we get to the fans. And, and again, fans. these fans are kind of more ravenous. Um, you, you have kind of an interesting community. There's a lot of people that are very diehard Sonic fans of either the classic version or the 3D Heroes kind of version. Um, and no Sonic fans are ever truly happy with anything that comes out. Um, 
there's a lot of people there's actually a they actually coined a term they called the sonic cycle where there's a new game there's a new game that gets hyped that everyone's kind of like ooh a new sonic game the game comes out and everyone plays it and then everyone's super disappointed until the next news of a new sonic game comes out um it's literally a progressive cycle unfortunately um but you get a lot of fans that are just very kind of uh, I want to say bizarre or ravenous is probably not the best way to point it as kind of what's happened with Sonic is that over the years because he hasn't really had a good game in a long time. Yeah. Um and the fan base is very split about what they consider a good game and what they don't consider a good game. Um there's some people that do say like some of the more newer stuff after Sonic 06 are good games on that particular respect. Like they're they're still very good games despite being buggy and broken. And there's other people that um, of my opinion, they're like, there's no good Sonic games in a very long time. Um, which is why I don't play a lot of Sonic outside of Sonic Mania when it came out. There we Plug go. for that. Um, but a lot of the media, actually, that started coming out for Sonic um, after that point actually started becoming very kind of dark as well. Um, and you have a lot, and it got to a point right now where there's a lot of Sonic media out there that's um, either mocking trolling a parody satirical um sort of representations of what sonic has become i mean you see a lot of um there's a, a popular thing called sanic so it's like sonic but with like a hard a in it yeah uh that's a very ugly very poorly drawn version of sonic the hedgehog um that apparently is very popular for memes and trolling people with um, another popular one is the Ugandan Knuckles. So this is very kind of short, chubby thuggy. version. Thuggy? Uh, not thuggy even, but um, like Ugandan as in like uh, he speaks with a Ugandan accent. Okay. Um, basically it was from this promotional video where these Ugandans are, are talking and somebody dubbed over and had this very kind of ugly, fat looking uh, Knuckles. And the big thing was like, do you know the way? And I don't do it. I don't do it uh, justice. But it's very, um, it's very memey and dumb at the end of the day. Um, and again, it's kind of hard to tell whether these people are being mean if they're trying to take a satirical look at Sonic, or if they're actually trying to create conduct that is honest and genuine, you know, and heartfelt on a certain level. Um, well, I think it's easy to 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 take Sonic as being a little snarky. Well, it, it's it's easy for it to be snarky, but I think a lot of what happens with the media um, that's come out now, because keep yeah. in mind, like in, I think in the early two thousands, because Sonic was still kind of running running a high nostalgia volume, that a lot of the media was very genuine and honest. And as we've gotten later in time, that it's been a lot more um, not dishonest, but um, more people less mocking and trying to almost kind of work their emotions out how they feel about Sonic. I mean, because there's a lot of people that will say Sonic was actually never a good game. You know, and I, I will disagree that I think Sonic was a, was a very fun game. I don't it's, think, it's more like an arcade game. It's yeah, not, it's yeah. Not, it's, not, it's not something you'll pick up later and replay unless you really wanted to. Well, I mean, you're developing levels, but, you know, it's, it's not like you're winning prizes. Um, you know, and, and I, get, I get the difference between it and... Um, and World of Warcraft, as an example, where you gain and you become a sage, and you you know, you gain, you gain levels. You go through this progressive story. You take a wider aspect of it, and you can almost, and I mean, you get to a point where you kind of are imprinting your own story on this. Here, character. you're just getting to the end of the level. 
Yeah, and Sonic, you're just getting to the end of the level. I mean, and even in the adventure games, there is a story that you're playing through. But it's not, so I think the other big difference is Sonic isn't you. No, no, and not. and And when you play quite a few other games, you become the character. Mm-hmm. This isn't your. This is Sonic. Well, Mario, Sonic. Mario's kind of that same way. You don't really become Mario. That's true, but, but Mario but, also doesn't have a lot of characterization on him to begin with. Well, and Mario isn't isn't a, a game in which you um, are building and collecting and and doing all those things either. No, no, absolutely agree. So I mean, I think they're just completely different kinds of games. I, I think if you, you know if you want something where you're gonna you're gonna be personified. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I admit you know my my uh, your villager in Animal Crossing is like nearest and dearest to you. Oh, it's, she's got two bikes. So so you know we're um, all very impressed with all of our islands. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I I think um, the, I think you you play the two different kinds of games for different reasons. Oh, absolutely. And and this is more of an arcade game. Oh, absolutely. I think Sonic is a. Sonic is very much an arcade game that's, I, I would think, is actually fairly easy to pick up, yeah. but difficult to master. And, and, it, it, and it's, it's and you got to remember that back in the day that this was kind of intentional. Like, this was a game you would have played for, you know, you know, literally months on end, typically. And well, so you would have eventually gotten better and good at it to a certain point. But who wants to buy, who wants to buy a game? Who wants to plunk? I mean, this was $20, okay? So $20 is pretty pretty reasonable mm-hmm. but who wants to plunk down twenty dollars for something that you're by the end of the month you're going to have done it all in some cases twenty dollars for a month for a month worth of content is actually a fairly decent sort of gamble i mean like there's a lot of people that pay both either netflix or hulu which is like maybe fifteen dollars yeah. a month each maybe you know uh, again if you're playing world of warcraft or you're paying monthly that's fifteen dollars a month yeah. Um. I think I think maybe you get more value out of those because there's more content that's in there and more options to to go through yeah. there. Um. But there are also things that kind of reward you for the longer you play them. If you well, you're and you're building a character. You're building a character, but again, if we if we go back to like Netflix, I mean, if you're just watching one episode a night of like let's say The West Wing, for example, uh-huh. you're gonna spend a couple months going through all seven seasons of The West Wing. Oh, look how long it took me to go through Game of Thrones. Yeah, but those are hour-long episodes. If you were actually to line up all the, you know, there's a lot of episodes of Game of Thrones. But again, I mean, like if if you're actually not-, not that when you get down to it, not that many because some like the first seasons had had ten, but I think seasons six, seven, and eight had seven. Seven and eight had, had fewer episodes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, the that that much I agree with because again, seven and eight were. So basically you maybe have seventy-five thir- episodes total. Um. I think there's like 73, 75. Yeah. 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 Um, but again, I mean, the West Wing has got like 25, has got like 22, 23 episodes every season. Yeah. Um, and they're constantly adding a lot more content onto those as well for literally like bombarding me with like, oh, you should watch this on Netflix. Or, you should watch this on Netflix. Because they want to keep you. Um, yeah. And, the, and that's the intention. I mean, like Sonic's, in this case, for $20 for maybe a month worth of content, doesn't ask you to keep paying for it at all. I mean, yeah. you've already bought it, and, oh, yeah. and you can put it down and kind of come back to it whenever you want, maybe. Oh, it's a fun thing that you could do just, just whiling away. Yeah, and, and again, like a lot of, a lot of games nowadays, um, especially I think, are very um, great in this respect that you can put them down, come back to them, 
um, you can put them, you can pick them up for maybe five, ten minutes and put them back down and then come back to them later if you wanted to and keep playing or stop right then. So, or not play tomorrow and there's no repercussions. To, yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Like these are not games that you have to pick up and play fanatically for hours on a day. Yeah. Um, to progress or to get through it at all, you can pick it up and then put it down yeah. when you want to. Yeah. Um, I often, t- it's a great game to play on the bus because you're on the bus for 10, 15 minutes. When you're done getting off, when you're done on the bus, you can get up and turn it and turn it off and move that, on. That was a lot of the attraction of Angry Birds. Yep. Yeah. It was very much, you could play it for a short period of time and then move on. And yep. a lot of, didn't um, demand anything of you. Pokemon was very great that way as well. You could play it until you got done, save it, and then turn it off and put it back in your pocket and do other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So next week, I'm having trouble figuring out what our topic is, but I think, but I'll come up with one. One of the suggestions was Minecraft. We could look into Minecraft. And I would suggest if we do Minecraft, we include... My nieces. Yeah. Yes. That could be fun. I will look into that. I had another idea, too. Oh, okay. Um, I would suggest one of these times we do Minecraft and and um, and asking an, an eight-year-old, almost nine, um, who's very into it. Um, uh, she even has books. Um, and there's a lot of Minecraft merchant books out there, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that would be, and it'd be interesting to get that take on it. I would like to get that take, too, because, I mean, I mean, I've, I'm aware of Minecraft. I've never dabbled a whole great deal into Minecraft at all. Um, but I can certainly see a lot of its appeal for a lot of people, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of players. Oh, yeah. So I'd be curious. Well, uh, like Animal Crossing, you're building your own world. Mm-hmm. Well, very much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so maybe we can do that next time. Okay. Um, but we're going to put the show notes up on our website, the nerdtutorialpodcast.com. Um, and then if you have, want to follow us with continuing the conversation, we have a Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash nerd tutorial podcast. Um, and then if you want to catch us on uh, Twitter and let me have any, let me know any further ideas or follow up on things we're currently following there as well, like Sonic and Mario, as well as all of our other topics that we've had before. Um, all the news kind of plump, comes up on my feed at the nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter. Um, and then on behalf of myself and my mom, we hope you stay safe still in these weird times and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye.